Welcome to a new episode of It Be Your Own People, a new podcast about what's going on in pop culture and being a POC in today's social environment. Because sometimes it be your own people. Maybe it's your brother, sister, or friend. Karen at the job or Karen next door. A leader of the movement you thought you could trust. Most of the time, it's somebody you already know. Beware the wolves, y'all. And now more than ever, people are showing you who they really are. And you need to know who you can trust. Okay, welcome back to yet another episode of the Be Your Own People. We're going to get right into our cocktail of the day. I made us a nice batch of ginger, mezcal, pomegranate, and margarita. But before we get into this game, we have a special guest today. Sally, tell us who's rocking with us on this last episode of the year. We are so incredibly happy to welcome friend Eric's. He's a video director and entrepreneur, but... More importantly, he's our Dominican friend. To help us wrap this thing on up for y'all. Eric, say what's up to the people. What up, what up, what up? Love it for the culture. We here. Okay, perfect. Now let's get into this game. It's game time. So you know we love what you're doing so much so that we have to do a special edition of the Harlem series. So Sally, Eric's, what you doing if somebody you're dating steals the TV from your house? Choosing violence. I'm going to sick the dogs on them. Sick the dogs on them? Yeah, I'll, I'll call them my aunt and my cousins. I'll be like, yeah, y'all got to handle it. Oh, them dogs. <laughs> you ain't right. <laughs> Actually, Simba would not even let whoever is trying to steal my TV walk out the door because that's where he watches his stories. Nah, my actual dogs won't do shit, but I know for a fact. I'm going to call them a tia. I'm going to be like, hey. She stole the TV. You get it back as yours. That's it. I like that. Call the fam and friends to get the work done. So what are you doing if you get invited on a date, right? And the person leaves you stranded and steals all your shit. What? I think the standard answer, I'm choosing violence. Who are you to invite me out on a date and then you try to steal my shit you must have clearly not read the linkedin profile where it said brooklyn native like no 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 we don't do that up in here i would definitely like i'll be upset but i'm gonna have to hop the train on that see this is the reason why i'm happy that there's uber like connected to the phone connected to your cards because that's the only way i'm getting home and they stole everything from you Oh, no, everything because it's so everything. She had to ask somebody for like a phone and everything. Remember, she left her whole purse yeah. on the seat. You know what? She wasn't smart for that because I saw that she was trying to claim a man that she barely knew and left her shit there while he was making eyes at someone else. The whole thing didn't make sense. But you know what? I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea. The, the whole thing was a red flag. Homie asked her out on a date to Long Island and didn't even offer to get her a car to get her there. She had to get on the L-I-R-R. No. Facts. But because she's a woman, right? She could go up to somebody asking for the phone. I'm just thinking I, I'm a tall black guy. Every time I try to ask someone for something, they're going to be like, nah, he's trying to rob me. So, Ooh, they will call the cops on you, bro. I'm hopping the train. I'm just, just I'm taking that L. What about if one of your employees shows up at your door in the middle of the night, drunk, and quit their job. Mm. Am I cool with this employee? Actually, I don't think so. You tried to help them out, but they think that they deserve more. Like this whole persona that Megan Good was portraying in this show, you needed to do more before you could level up. 
And Whoopi Goldberg was trying to help her. So the fact that she interrupted Whoopi's sleep, showed about her door, she was even pointing the finger in the face. Like, at that point, I'm going to be like, girl, your job is already gone. You didn't have to quit. Like, you have no more job. Ooh, child. As we say in the Dominican diaspora, tumba eso, tumba eso. Like, nah, I'm good on you. <laughs> Just pretend like I'm not home. Ooh, that's a better one. Pretend you're not home. So if you pretend you're not home and this drunk employee doesn't have the option to quit, like, do they still have a job? If you knew that it was them, what you going to do? No, nah, I won't let them quit. I'll just find them the next morning. Okay. They still Ooh. get fired. Either way, it's the L. <laughs> no, what would be so much better if they forgot that they were drunk and quit and my ring light recorded uh, their drunk, messy ass. So then the next day they try to show up to work like, oh, it's cool. Everything's on and popping. And then I call them in and have to refresh them with the video from the ring light. That's what I would do. But I'm petty. I would just have security at the door. Like, you're not even walking up into the job. Bye-bye. But here's a good one. What about if an ex texts you and says you've made a mistake just as you're starting a new relationship, but his whole ass is engaged? Mm, I'll say I'm fixing my mistake by moving on. Ooh, Ooh, I like that. I would say correct. You've made a mistake. Now lay in your mistake. (laughs) We didn't make a mistake. You made a mistake. See, my thing is, I'm going to go with Megan Good on this one. She didn't respond at all. And the reason why she didn't respond is because she was thinking of what else to say. But for me, I would just be like, you're not getting a response from me. I think that's actually the higher role. I think you're right, Chip. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. So you don't want to entertain any of that. Sally, what about this next one? So you have a drunken hookup. You're out having a good time. You like, you know, you take somebody back to the place. But it turns out that this person that you already hooked up with ends up being your interviewer for a major magazine. This is a whole hot mess. I don't know about that one because it's like, listen, you could be out free, do what you want to do, sleep around if you want to. But then when it comes into the workspace and you didn't know what's happening, I'm just going to need before the interview to start, we make sure to talk about like whatever happens here is professional. Whatever happened before that has nothing to do with this article. Exactly. Like, you know, all that joint from the other night that was off the record. We on the record now. Thanks. Now, what about some Karens at the job? So you call out a Karen at the job for, you know, being a Karen. But then your boss says that you need to be the one to apologize to her white tears. Quitting. That part. I'm with On you one million percent. Man, we don't got to take the high road anymore. You know what I mean? I feel like we've been there, done that. So I feel like a lot of us who are professionals, you know, we put in the same amount of work as these people. So, you know, ain't no way I'm apologize, especially if I know I'm right. Exactly. Like, we are all way too talented to have to sit here and take any kind of degrading or demeaning behavior from anyone. And then to have to sit there and apologize for the dumb shit they do. Nah, I'm good. Especially since there's so much other stuff we have to bite our tongue on. I'm definitely not about to do that. What I will do is turn around and leave. You'll never see me again. I really did like the way they showed us five years ago who they were because they got me to understand their characters and why they act the way they do now. So overall, the show was good. I appreciated it. Yeah, I mean, thank you for putting me on. I was saying, like, at first, I was like, I felt a little bit guilty because I felt like I was cheating on Issa Rae on Insecure. The story carries on to its own, and uh, it's a pretty good show. I like it. It's funny. 
See, the thing is, and as we will get into good watches section, there is so many good shows out there that have great content for POCs. And we don't have to choose anymore. We don't have to feel bad for Issa. We can watch the ending of Insecure and watch all these other new shows too. Exactly. There is room at the table for everybody. There is an audience and a space for everything. And now time for What the Fuck News. That was such a great game with Eric's. We really were getting into a groove of things, but we're going to get into these crazy ass WTF news because it's the end of the year. But man, Tree, the mess just doesn't quit. It sure doesn't. What's going on? So first off, Barbados has finally ditched the queen. They said bye wig to Queen Elizabeth and instead have given Rihanna praise for all of the excellent work that she does in highlighting the island. I love to hear it. But yes, after 400 years under British rule, Barbados said no, no, bye bye. And in September, they announced that they were removing Queen Elizabeth as head of state. So who's in charge now, Sally? So the T is their new president is Sandra Mason, who was actually a former governor general who had been appointed by the queen herself. I love that first president ever. Mm, What a way to do it, girl. And the island had a ceremony to celebrate this. Rihanna was in attendance. So was Prince Charles. And that is where Rihanna was declared a national hero. Good for her. We read all the snaps and claps doing all the ting tings. But speaking of people who are just out here doing all the things, but not for the right reasons. A man in Bethesda, Maryland, was recently arrested after he stole almost $400 worth of erectile dysfunction medication. Oh, boy. I mean, talk about being hard up. No, you didn't. Yes, this man was actually not hard up. That's why he was still in the drugs. But, you know, I kind of felt bad because his insurance would not cover this. And you know that there are some people who need medicine and their insurance ain't having it. But he did not need this. No, he sure did not. So he goes into the store. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm not paying these $369 to help me get up. So I'm going to just bolt right out of the giant grocery supermarket and leave with my prescriptions. But the thing is just like, man, we can barely get insurance to cover root canals and basic procedures. You really think they're going to be out here covering your ED meds? Come on now. So his name is Mark Schutte. He was charged with one count of theft between $100 and $1,500. But the thing is, the grocery store actually did not want to press criminal charges. All they wanted him to do was return the stolen goods. Unused, of course. Shady lady. But guess what he did next? What, girl? The police called Mark twice. He picked up and hung up on them twice. They then texted him and said, Sir, you have a deadline to return the medicine and you won't be charged as heavily. He did not. So after ignoring the warnings, he was arrested. What? What a hot ass mess. This is a lot of courtesy and warnings being extended to an individual who actually committed a crime. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that uh, Mark is not a POC. You are correct. What Mm. color is he? He ain't brown. Well, Mark Shutter thought twice before he ran into that giant to steal that mess. Okay. He sure should have. But let's get on to some ain't shit mamas. Because a Missouri mother named Laura Oglesby 
She done stole her daughter's identity and messed up all the credit. Ooh, child. Why? See, we can't even trust our own mamas, our own daddies. Like, everybody out here trying to get you. This woman took out a social security number a few years ago under her daughter's name, Lauren Hayes, and has for more than two years been part of this elaborate scam and fraud that not only fooled the federal government, but everyone else around her. Houseway. So this woman is 48 years old. Her daughter is in her 20s, but she has been doing this apparently since 2016. She registered for Southwest Baptist University in Missouri, and she even had boyfriends that believed she was in her 20s. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Who is she? Angela Bassett? Don't nobody look that good. Uh -uh. What I'm saying is I saw pictures of the daughter and her, and I mean, maybe... Maybe the mom could pass for like five years younger, but you know damn well she is not in her 20s. So everybody out there is foolish. And the daughter, I mean, you know, she look a little older. She can moisturize a little bit more. But the mama done racked up $17,521 in loans that she now has to pay back to the university and to her daughter. What a shame. I mean, that's what you get for trying to live in the young lane, girl. I guess so. And moving on to, oh, yes, it's Florida again, because it's like they always say, the craziest people be in the Bronx and all Florida. Very true. Three women were caught attacking a beauty supply store for none other than guess what, girl? What? Some lace front wigs. They done pepper sprayed everybody up in there just to get some wigs. I mean, damn, I know the really good wigs are expensive. They go up in the hundreds, even the thousands, depending on how good you want your baby hairs to look. But that's not even the worst part. Tell us what else happened. So of this trio, one woman was pregnant. The other was holding a child that to me looked no older than possibly a year old. And then they had the third friend who was just dumb for just being there and letting the friends do this dumb shit hot ass mess the beauty store employee that they pepper sprayed she was actually the daughter of the owner who was very upset but i was looking it up and i think the baby the infant that was being held was actually under a year like close to six months this is a problem like why where are your priorities if you have your child the other one is with child and you're out here stealing wigs I mean, I know it's COVID and whatever, and times are rough, but they're not that rough. Like, damn. And we're supposed to be in the house anyway. Like, what y'all care about some damn lace fronts for? Honestly, get the cheap one from the 99 cent store on a Zoom call, a FaceTime, whatever you're trying to do, it will look the same. Okay. I've been seeing a lot of um, the wigs with the built-in bandana. Honestly, like, for these times, I feel like that's the way to go. That is the way to go. But I hope they find them and take them children away. And speaking of not playing any games out here or possibly playing too many games, Mother Nature is back on her bullshit yet again. Oh, no, ma'am. Just recently, we saw multiple tornadoes touch down in a handful of states, and the devastation has really been quite catastrophic. So nearly 100 people have died from these tornadoes that touched down in Kentucky, and you have more than eight still missing. Over 18,000 homes that are still without power, even though it's days later. Mm. But the worst part is the people who were working during these tornadoes. They better have been essential workers. Why are you working in a tornado? I don't know how much warning they had prior, but 
Girl, these employees tried to clock out and the managers were out here doing roll call like we're in kindergarten, trying to make sure that no one had skipped out to get home to make it safely to their families and loved ones. Like legit standing there counting heads. Apparently, a Kentucky Candle factory reported, one of the employees actually reported that a manager took roll call while the tornadoes were touching down. The candle factory actually said that this is not true, but I mean, at the end of the day, they were still at work. They weren't in a safe place and a lot of people have died. So somebody has to fess up to something. Yes. And I was reading that this candle company wasn't the only one, but an Amazon factory in the area also was guilty of the same thing where employees asked to go home and they were told that they had to stay, even though the facility did not have any sort of tornado safe shelter that a lot of other factories in the area build in because tornadoes are so common. Somebody got some explaining to do. It's time for regular regular news. So... This is real regular because Miller Lite is coming out with beer-naments. Why, though? And it is exactly what it sounds like, some dumbass shit. Why the fuck would I want a beer ornament in my house? Why? So they actually want you to simply assemble the beer-naments with a group of friends and instantly transform Christmas time into Miller time. My question is, why are you putting beer ornaments on your tree? Like, what if there are kids or younger, you know, family members around? Are you going to put it on your tree and then take it off just to fill it up with beer and drink it and put it back? Make it make sense. Also, of all the beers that I could use to create this beer ornament, why would I use Miller Lite? Very true. I don't know who is on their marketing team for this one, but it's a no for me. Yeah, but you know what is a yes for me is Brian Williams all day, every day. Unfortunately, his MSNBC show, The 11th Hour, will no longer be running. The show originally was only supposed to run for a few months during the presidential election, but it turned out to be such a huge success that it ran for five years. And we love to see it. Brian Williams has spent the past three decades with NBC Network, and he will always be remembered for his realism and very sarcastic, but yet very professional journalistic demeanor. I love his big time shade that he would throw at the end of most of his episodes because his energy is my forever mood. Forever, forever. And in his final show, he left with a huge message to viewers that was a little alarming, but very true. He said the United States in 2021 was a nation unrecognizable to those who came before us and who fought to protect it, which is what you must do now. Ooh, true words never been spoken. And speaking of fighting for your rights and protecting what is yours, the Biden administration has officially declared that it will no longer be extending the student loan relief program. Talk about, you know, kicking us while we're down, Uncle Joe. For real, this ain't shit. So I'm mad because I got loans and don't nobody want to pay those. But the Biden administration said as of February 1st in the new year, Student loan payments, they're going to start back up again, so you better watch out. I mean, I still wasn't going to be making any payments in February 1st because I'm still on deferment. But I just want to know where's the loan forgiveness that Uncle Joe and Auntie Kamala promised us when they told us to vote for him. They will not be called uncle and auntie until I see that forgiveness come through. But let's move on to some more positive news. Chadwick Boseman's brother has voiced his approval 
for Black Panther petition asking T'Challa to be recasted. I'm here for it. Yes, I am here for this because on the one hand, I had very mixed emotions when the Marvel Universe first put out that they would no longer be recasting T'Challa's character. Yes, Chadwick was Black Panther. He embodied Black Panther and not just in his acting, but what he brought to the role, also what he brought off screen. But then on the other hand, I'm just like, we cannot deny the kids a Black superhero. We just can't. It's not that many. Absolutely. So Marvel executives recently decided that they weren't going to recast Chad McBoseman's role to be respectful. But Chad McBoseman's brother, Derek, has said that he wants T'Challa to continue to inspire Black fans of the superhero films. And I am here for that because, you know, T'Challa was new to us and just came out a few years ago. But if you think about years from now, they're going to have to tell the story and do it over and over again. We've seen it done with Superman, with Spider-Man, with Batman. They keep coming up with a newer version of it. It may be a little too soon, but we still have a story to see with T'Challa. Yes. And as long as they keep good casting procedures in place, I won't be mad. That's all I ask. And now it's time for Baby We Winning. I am so in love with our section of We Winning on this episode because it just uh, brings so much joy to my heart. First off, we have to give it up for some beautiful black boy joy. Six-year-old Lamar L.J. Marshall, girl, he said, I want to dance. I want to be a dancer. So he did what every hustler self-starter would do, and he taught himself how to dance online. And guess what, Tree? What happened? He landed himself a spot in the nutcracker, girl. I love to see it. So, yes, he started watching YouTube videos of dancing since he was four years old. He taught himself how to do splits and spins and all the things. And, of course, he was out with his mama and he got recognized by Miss Delaware, who then shared his video. And it went on to winning him a scholarship at Wilmington Ballet, where he is now in the nutcracker. How lovely is this story? That is so cute. Because, you know, I remember go see the Nutcracker and thinking how cool it would be to be one of those little kids out on stage doing the dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies. And he's living every little kid's dream right now. Good for him. I love this. Yes. Clap it up. Because if you wish it, you can will it. Mm, And now he will do it. And now for another very huge accomplishment, Michael Strahan. I mean, come on. He has gone from infinity and beyond because he was a whole football player years ago talented at that and now he is completely transformed over into entertainment as a host and then some but tell us what he has done selly jeff bezos's rocket company blue origin done sent michael strahan all the way to the edge of space because they they were like you know what your star is just too big for earth he has done every single job possible on earth he had to go see what was up in space absolutely so along with michael strahan was the daughter of famed astronaut alan shepherd and four paying customers so jeff bezos said that strahan and shepherd were flying as honorary guests and did not have to pay. The trip was amazing, according to Michael Strahan, and it took approximately 10 minutes from takeoff to landing. But then once Michael landed, what did he say, girl? He said he can't wait to go back. Girl, the first one was free, but he gonna charge you for that second one. Mm-hmm, a lot of money, too. Speaking of running things up, 
Megan the Stallion is a graduate, y'all. She fulfilled her promise that she made to her mama. And she recently graduated with her bachelor's in health administration from HBCU, Texas Southern University. I was watching the videos online and, you know, I always forget that her name is not actually Megan the Stallion. And that's what I was waiting to hear when they called her out. So when they were like, oh, Megan P, I was like, who the fuck is that? Girl, claps all around for her. It is so great. I mean, not just studying part-time, but to take on the whole entertainment world by storm and still come out on top of your education. It is amazing because a lot of people who find fame earlier on, they don't want to go the educative route because they're like, you know what? Why? What do I need it for? I'm already famous. I already have money. So it's great that she's well-rounded and she wants to continue on and go get her graduates too. I say do it all, honey. And, you know, shake it all while you're doing it. Exactly. Do it all. And then the best part is she won't have any student loans because she got the monties. That is nice. We're jumping into some Black Bachelorette magic to see who is Michelle Young's front runners. Now we have just one episode left. She has narrowed it down to two men, Brandon and Nate. Y'all know I'm rooting for Nate, but he ain't shit. So in the past two weeks, we've seen her go and meet the families of the top four, which was Nate, Brandon, Rodney, and Joe. And then she sadly let no neck Rodney go. Just this past week, she said bye-bye to Joe after the top three went to Mexico and had a few solo nights. Sally girl, what do you think of who's left? And tell us what you thought of the men tell because it got pretty spicy, girl. I'm really upset with her choices right now because anyone who can see and hear can understand that Nate is not, he's not for you, girl. He doesn't want what you want. He's not ready for the things that you're looking for. He is getting off major fuckboy vibes with his bum bump on his lip and his Mount Vesuvius that he got coming out of his forehead. Hold up, not the bum bum, because that lip child, that lip is so distracting. It's so distracting. I'm like, he's fine. And then suddenly halfway through, he just had a mysterious bum bump on his lip. And no one's going to talk about this. I'm just like, so we're just going to skip past the fact that he's got cold sore all up and down America's television. Okay, cool. Got it. And And she takes out with all the men. And that is rightfully so. Do your thing, girl. But that bump, not looking cute. They all going to have that bump. Watch next week. We're going to see Brandon with a bump. We're going to see Michelle with a bump. Shit. The cameraman might even have a bump just from looking at it for so long. Everybody getting bumped. But my Mm. thing is, I feel you on the Nate being an F boy. I truly think that he likes Michelle a lot. And he claims, you know, he's never been in love. Even his stepdaddy done kind of threw him under the bus and said, I don't think he's ready for this. But... I think that Michelle is so in awe of his, what is he, 6'8"? I mean, he's tall and he's fine and she just can't see past that. So I think she's going to learn some lessons because she already knows that she's more in than he is. So it's going to be a problem. Well, she get a better step stool and open her eyes and see what's directly in front of her because how many red flags do you need to swat out of the way before you cannot swat no more? True. And then when your mama steps in, because we see previews from next week, so mama is stepping in and questioning Nate. 
And she was like, I don't think you're ready. And I was like, ooh, mama. How many people off. need to tell you this man is not ready? His stepdaddy told you he wasn't ready. Yo, mama is telling you he's not ready. Like, come on. She asked him direct questions and he does not give her direct answers. Very true. And you know what I noticed right before they went on their yacht date? She said, oh, I missed you. And he said, I know, right? And later on, he said, I miss you. I miss you so much. But like, that was just his initial reaction. And that's, mm -mm, that didn't sit well with me at all. I tell you, I miss you. And you say, I know. What? When people show you who they are, believe them. Believe it for real. But tell us what went down at the men tell all. It got really spicy. All of the men were there talking their ish. Of course, the top three men were not there, but they got down to the nitty gritty of it. And um, some people had some apologizing to do to Michelle. It got really spicy, but most of it, in my opinion, was super childish. Pizza guy, whatever his name is, because honestly, he's so annoying. I don't even care to mention it right now. He was still at his old tricks. He was getting into it with Will Urena. Will Urena was also being extremely childish. And clearly, he was just using this platform to get clout, to big up his platform. I did like the fact that Michelle, she came out and she told the men, you were rude. You said shit behind my back. As someone who claims to respect women and you say that I'm a queen and all this, how are you going to call me a queen in my face and then talk about me being on some spring break shit behind my back? I'm so glad she got all up in Jamie's ass about that. Yeah, that was the biggest thing I wanted to see because Jamie was the biggest gaslighter, telling her everything in her face, putting her on a pedestal of all heights. And then once she turned around, he was talking shit about the other guys, her choices, how he's better than them, how he doesn't need to be there. And then when she let him go, he said even worse stuff. And I was like, sir, I cannot wait until she sees this. And my thing is, as she was telling him how she felt, he was apologizing. And when he was trying to listen, his nose was flaring up because he was so angry because, you know, he didn't believe anything that he was saying, mm -hmm. but he wanted to look like a decent guy on TV. And I was like, sir, you are so shitty. And then you saw pizza guy served Will Ureña with a subpoena or a cease and desist right on stage talking about I'm going to sue you for all of these alleged terrible reviews that you've been leaving on my page and my business is taking a hit. But then at the end, they hug it out like this is so fake. I made up for TV. Yeah, I was like, production, can you please stop? Like, just let the men, you know, talk about whatever they went through in the season. But this extra stuff is nonsense because in the end, pizza guy, he had literally a slice of pizza for everyone. And Will sat there eating the pizza and then they hugged. And I was like, this is so ridiculous. Like, can we just jump to the actual show? That pizza is not good. Stop it. Stop lying. And on top of that, we got to see Tasia announced for the first time like speak out about the breakup that she had from her season and they spent i want to say about a year together so that was a bit shocking especially since people thought she would make it i personally didn't like who she chose i thought she should have chose the guy she let go third i forget his name but Tasia just made it a little bit too much about herself because they gave her time to talk and then they went back to talking to the guys and Tasia got up and walked off and I was like, girl, that was ridiculous because I was just like, this is Michelle's season. You had your season. You had your moment. You We're had here. your moment and you're now a host like bye. You're better off without that other guy because not for nothing, but he had way too many red flags and she still chose him. He was a 
alcoholic. He's recovered, which is not to say that you can't go with someone who's been through things of that nature, but it just seemed like a lot. He had an ex-wife. He had a lot of stuff that he still needed to deal with, but she chose him and I didn't get that. So you know what? Move forward and move on, Tasia. Well, I hope that Michelle does not suffer the same fate and that she is able to see with her heart as well as her eyes. Because now I'm rooting for Brandon. I hear you. And I like Brandon because he's so sweet and nice. But at the same time, it's something about bad boy Nate. It's like bad boy or good guy. And even though I know Nate is an F boy with his bum bum, I want Michelle for Nate. I want Nate for Michelle. I want them together. So let's see who wins. It's a no for me. So I'm rooting for Brandon. You're rooting for Nate. And next week we will find out who gets to stay and who goes away. Let's get into these good watches, y'all. Check this out. There is so much good content coming out that it's almost too hard for us to keep up. Yes, but I'm here for it. So here for it. First off, we got to let you know about this new show coming out December 31st called Stay Close. It's about three people who live their comfortable lives, but, you know, everybody is not always what it seems. So even though they have these like seemingly boring, regular, regular lives, everyone is concealing a dark secret that even those closest to them would never suspect. So already, you know, I'm hooked on to this. So you have one character, the main chick. Her name is Megan. She's a working mother of three. You have Ray, who's a once promising documentary photographer and is stuck in a dead end job pandering to celebrity obsessed rich kids. And then you have Broom, who's a detective and unable to let go of a missing person's cold case. And all of these stories will eventually intertwine with one another. Oh, I can't wait to see this. So this is on Netflix and it is starring Kush Jumbo from The Good Fight. So, you know, it's going to be a good show. I'm going to be checking for this one. Moving on to our next good show. It's already had its early premiere earlier this month. It's called Abbott Elementary, and it's in the mockumentary sitcom style on ABC. This show is too good. You have to watch it. It's too relatable. It definitely is. So it's about a group of dedicated and passionate teachers. But of course, they have a slightly tone deaf principal. They're brought together in a Philly public school where they are determined to help the students succeed in life. So it's starring Janelle James and everybody hates Chris is Tyler James Williams. I saw the first episode. It's a good one. It's also starring and produced by Quinta, who was in Black Lady Sketch Show. This is just too funny. There were so many scenes in there that I was watching it and I was just like, damn, it really do be that way in the underfunded public schools. It's so sad, but true. Very true. And now on ABC, they have a new show called Promised Land. And it's about a generation spanning drama about a Latinx family vying for wealth and power in California's Sonoma Valley. You have the president's wife from Scandal starring in this Girl, you know I'm here for it. You had me at Latina family vying for wealth and power in Sonoma Valley, a.k.a. wine country. Uh, yes, please. We then have Welcome to Earth with Will Smith on Disney Plus because it's not like he doesn't have enough projects going on and promoting all the ting tings. He now has to give us this Nat Geo style adventure where he goes on this once in a lifetime journey around the world to explore Earth's greatest wonder and reveal its most hidden secrets. This sounds tailor made for Will Smith. 
It sure does. Because I remember when he was turning 50, he had a bucket list of all these crazy adventures that he wanted to do. So I think they pretty much made this show for him. And Will will be guided by elite explorers on this very inspiring journey and getting up and close with volcanoes, deserts, and animal swarms with minds of their own. So this one looks really cool. Honestly, I'm here for his commentary because you know he's always going to have something wild and ridiculous to say. Very much so. And now on Paramount Plus, we have Queen of the Universe. Child, this is an international drag queen singing competition. And tell us what the queens are vying for. Girl, it's a $250,000 cash prize. Are they still accepting contestants? No, you have to be an actual singing drag queen. And they have 14 international divas from over 10 regions. They're coming from the United States, Mexico, Brazil, Denmark, Australia, Canada, England, France, China, and India. Tell us who the judges are. So we have iconic judge Michelle Bissage, Vanessa Williams, because you know she knows how to tell people to read and read a bitch down, girl. We have Leona Lewis and Drag Race All-Stars 3 champion, Trixie Mattel. Dang, they about to get red for filth. I actually saw the first three episodes are up now on Paramount. And I was like, okay, let me see what's going on. I didn't know what to expect, but the singing, it's all about the singing. Like, yes, you have to dress the part, but the singing is what's crazy. And we all know that drag queens lip sync, but the actual pipes that these women have, oh my goodness. And one of the contestants was actually on American Idol. Her voice is, oh my God, crazy. Ooh, I know what I will be curled up watching during this winter break. Along with that, I will also be tuned into Grand Crew on NBC. Yo, we were not kidding when we said that there's a lot of really good black content coming out. So this is about a group of young black professionals and friends from L.A. who unpack the ups and downs of life and love at a wine bar. And it's starring... Nicole Byer and other newcomers. I didn't see the special preview, but I did watch the commercial for it. And honestly, I feel like, again, totally relatable content because if I had a dollar for every time I was talking about my life and work and unpacking all the things at a wine bar, I could pay off my student loans. So I did get to see the first two episodes, which premiered this week. And basically, they were like, what is really successful? Insecure successful. And they also had their wind down to discuss the episode afterwards. So they decided to put all that in one. And this is about five friends, four men and one woman. One of the guys and that woman played by Nicole Byer are brother and sister. They are just young. They're professionals. They are successful. And they're dating like everybody else. One of the black men is married. So it has a really fun story and banter to it. But I will say that, you know, HBO goes there. The other shows and streaming services go there. But this is on NBC. So I could see some parts where they were like, holding back on the jokes or maybe had to clean up the jokes mm. and i'm not saying that you have to make a joke dirty but it was just like some of the jokes didn't come off right do you know what i mean they didn't exactly land they weren't giving what was supposed to be given 
it wasn't giving the fullness because it was like you know i beat your butt i'll beat your butt up and it was like you could have just said something else it's not like you have to say ass i did enjoy it it was something different you know you have the quirky personalities and this one's dating that one's married and and it was only the first two episodes so i do think it has a place and i'll be tuning in for the rest of the season to see my thoughts i'm excited for this i'm excited to see where this goes and honestly the fact that we have so many shows to choose from we love to see it we also love to see when roses are given where roses are deserved, which is exactly what HBO is doing with this dramatic miniseries coming out called Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. Girl, they got your Lakers front and center. Yes, I love me, my Lakers. I will still never get over Kobe being gone, but the Lakers nonetheless are that team and will always be that team so hbo decided to make a dramatic miniseries about the glitz and glamour of the 1980s los angeles lakers baby Ooh. so they'll also be featuring the relationship between dr jerry buss and none other than magic johnson who's also a fellow sparty msu that one looks good and then there's also the return of claws on tnt and they are coming up with their fourth and final season which is kicking off with a two-hour premiere on december 19th i got super into this show last year during covid you know we went through all of our content and i needed something to watch while i was out here doing all these works for the 98 and 11 jobs that i have and Claws was one of those shows that I got into. And it's really good. I'm mad that I didn't get into sooner. It's starring Nisi Nash, Karuchi Tran, and other big time names. So I'm really excited to see how they're finally going to wrap it all up. Because the third season left us off on a bit of a hanger that I wasn't too crazy about. Okay, hopefully the last season is exactly what you expect. But now we have season two of Love and Hip Hop family reunion now season one had a few people from the four franchises season two gets even crazier with couples exes and friends that may actually be enemies but they get together and i saw the first episode girl it goes there tell us who they have from each franchise Mona Scott Young is really trying to choose violence up in these streets because from ATL, she's got Mimi Faust, who our girl Jocelyn loves to call Molly the Maid. We have Mimi's ex, Stevie J. Shakana, who is a close and family friend of T.I. and Tiny. Erica Mena is there along with her alleged hubby Safari. I say alleged because, girl, one day they're on, one day they're off. It's annoying. Well, in the show, they are still talking about their divorce. However, Safari has not shown up in the first episode. But from New York, we have Jonathan, Sin Santana, Tara, Amina Butterfly, Joelle Santana, and Kimbella, and girl, the entire creep squad. So this Peter Guns, Rich Dollars, and Cisco Child. Mm, oh, child. No, this is, this is a lot. I thought that all three of those guys hated each other. Well, you will see because arguments uh, start right off the bat in this first episode. But from Hollywood, we also have Brooke Valentine and her man, Marcus. Then we have her friend, Booby, Zell Swag, and Yo-Yo. And from Miami, we have Bobby Lights. So there are a lot of exes in this bunch. 
And Rich Dollars takes it upon himself to try to, you know, talk to Erica Mena. You're rubbing on her leg. He's talking to her ear. He had a couple of drinks on the beach. They all meet at the beach for a barbecue. And it's going to get messy. We already see new sort of relationships forming. Booby is getting real close to Sin Santana. So they're going to start something up. Apparently, Tara and Amina Butterfly are going to make amends because we know it was very, very nasty in the past. So I'm glad that they are able to woman up and be here for each other and push Peter Guns out to the side. But girl, it goes there. I just, okay, my biggest question is what kind of security y'all got up in there? Because you know you need that like super max looking like the rock ass security to be able to keep these people away from each other because they knocking they bucking and they stay ready to fight girl well that's what we're tuning in for at least i am so stevie j and safari have not shown up yet in the first episode but we know that it's it's gonna be drama and now it's time for the sad blackity black ass truth so um Unfortunately, Jesse Smollett, ooh, he done pulled the wool over all of our eyes. He was found guilty in the Chicago racist attack hoax. Tell us more, Sally. I'm so disappointed. Child, a former Empire actor was recently found guilty on not one, not two, but five counts of disorderly conduct. One count for each separate time he was charged with lying to the police in the days immediately following his alleged racial attack. Don't do crime if you don't know how to do it. That's all I'm saying. But my thing is, this happened years ago. And I know when it first happened, we all were terribly so sad. Thinking that this was real, because why would you lie about it? And now when they found out that it was a lie and he paid the guys, I'm just so confused. I mean, he still says that he's innocent. His family is very much still behind him and believes he's innocent. And I don't know what to believe. I know what the verdict is, but I don't want to believe that he who was in a very much successful career, actor, singer, all the things, why would you do this? Because you are actually blackballed from your career, the entertainment world. Make it make sense. Sad to see it, but you know what? Ain't it the sad, blackity, black-ass truth? And now time for... Celeb News Reality Roundup. On a bit of a somber note, unfortunately, we must start off with this Celeb News Reality Roundup by sending our thoughts and prayers to Nick Cannon, who recently shared that he lost his youngest son to a battle with brain cancer. Ugh, I can't. Yeah, this was really sad. His son was just five months old and Nick Cannon told the world on his daytime talk show, him and the mother of his child are currently dealing with that. Hopefully they find some sort of solace in this. It's really sad. Just terrible. And it's just a small little cute baby angel that's no longer with us. And moving on to something a bit more upbeat, Kanye publicly asked yet again for his wife back. He was performing at the Free Larry Hoover concert in LA a few weeks ago. Kim K was in attendance with their two eldest kids, her mom and her sister Kendall. Now, after his performance, what did Kanye say? Girl, 
he really tried to shoot his shot. He said, I need you to run right back to me, baby. More specifically, Kimberly. Yes. And then Kim hit him with a, literally, the next day, she went to the courts and filed paperwork to become legally single. Ucha. Shady lady. She said, you are not going to catch me up in here not being able to live my life the way I want to live it, clapping my cheeks in Pete Davidson's basement apartment in Staten Island, okay? You better stop. And now moving on to things when Kim is not clapping around. Um, she has very important things on her mind, like celebrating a very huge milestone in her life. She has recently passed the California baby bar exam. So I guess there's two different bar exams that you have to pass in California, but this is the more difficult one. And after several attempts, she was able to pass it and she's ready to move on to the next phase towards becoming Kimberly Kardashian Esquire, attorney at law. I mean, I really have to give it up for her. When I heard this, I was like, oh, hell no, you can't just be letting anybody do anything. But the fact of the matter is she is a businesswoman, a mogul, a mother, all the things. And she's also showing that, hey, I can at any point in life start something new and I am learning and earning that for myself. So claps for her for that. And what I will say, too, is that she has used her platform to highlight cases of uh, injustice within the criminal justice system to be able to take up for people who have been wrongfully convicted. And I know that that's been something that has been her driving force behind wanting to get her law degree. So I'm here for her as long as she's using it for all the right things. And I will say it is not easy to be able to study and raising a family and she's running, I don't know how many multi-billion dollar businesses. So kudos to you, girl. And someone who's close to the Kardashian family, Black China is under investigation for allegedly holding a woman hostage in her Sacramento hotel room. Say what? What? She claims that these allegations are false, but there have been several videos going around the internets and things of her trying to keep a girl inside her room. You can see that the young lady's trying to leave and she like pulls her back. And then I guess her friend or, or the girl's boyfriend is coming looking for her. And it looks like he has to like tug of war her out of the room to get her to safety. That's a whole hot mess. But we're going to move right on along. What is Kyle Richards doing now? You know, she's doing a lot trying to keep herself relevant in between tapings of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So Andy can keep asking her back. But she's on an original Christmas movie on Peacock she asked the writers to change the script so she doesn't have to kiss another man who's not her husband my thing is this man was playing her husband in the movie and it's basically like a lifetime movie you know what I'm saying at most you'll probably get two kisses it's not like it's gonna be a whole sex scene but you are an actress like if you don't want to be an actress then this is the role for you I understand that instead she changed it so that they kiss each other on the cheek and I actually watched the movie you know I like watching corny Christmas movies whatever but it's to have a peck on the lips 
I mean, I'm just saying it's fine if you don't want to kiss another man that she's been married to for over two decades. That is amazing. Love your love. But why are you an actress if you can't take on the roles and are asking them to change the scene? Exactly. It's not like they're asking you to do a whole like pornographic scene where you're showing your titties and your hoo-ha is all out and you're like sexing the man up on screen for real. Like, come on, girl, you're strong in your marriage, right? You're always claiming about how secure you and Mauricio are. So just, you know, do the job and get paid. Or don't do the job and don't change the script. So we're going to move right on along and talk about Below Deck. This season is very odd. What are your thoughts? So at first I was here for it because obviously I'm always going to root for everybody black. We have two deckhands who are black. We normally are very lucky to get the one, but things are just like not really gelling the deck crew has their heads shoved so far up their asses that they're not doing things right. They're leaving shit dirty when it shouldn't be dirty. Um, the interior, <laughs> I can't even. Like, I'm sorry. It, they're just like all over the place. And I really need to understand where Heather gets off trying to act like she's all high and mighty because she's climbed the ladder. And, oh, I haven't made it to where I am by not having excellent service. Blah, 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 blah. My girl, shut up. You're annoying. You don't have to keep saying that every single freaking episode yes my thing is definitely always here for you know black people but Raina girl you are a tyrant I'm always here for all the black people but Raina girl you are being a whole mess because you hooked up with James and now you know he's moved on you also found out that he has a fiance but you also have a lover back home and now everything that he asked you to do you have a problem with he is your superior so you shouldn't be acting in this manner and also the bosun actually he's higher than a bosun he's the first officer Eddie He's talking to you and you're still rolling your eyes. You are arguing loudly in front of guests. And I'm like, Reyna, this is not the way to act, honey. No, you are making us look like a fool. Then you want to go in your room and talk to your dad while cursing about your boss who can also hear you. Everything is just like Reyna needs to take it down 10,000 spots. And Wes, I really want him and Jess to, to be a thing, but he's so sweet and nice that I definitely think he missed his chance. It's not happening anymore. And the whole Heather and Frazier against Jess is getting really old. Like this girl, I can't even say girl. She looks young, but she's a grown woman in her mid thirties. She literally really loves and enjoys her grandparents' company. And she would much rather just steam clothes, stay in the washer room, in the laundry room, and just think about her grandparents that she wants to live. I just don't understand why they're coming for her so hard. So even though I like that there's a little bit of mess, it's it's misdirected and misguided. Exactly. I would like to see just a smidge of the old crazy Rachel from last season. Not not the whole thing. Not the whole thing, because she do a lot. Just a little bit of some of that craziness from last season so that we can get some not as played out drama. Yeah, Rachel is amazing with the cooking. She's an amazing chef. But you don't have to drink to be crazy or have a personality, really. Like, if she's not cooking, she's they don't even show her. If she's and not with, cooking, she's cussing. That's all she does. Exactly. And with James... I mean, I'm here for it because if James wasn't there, nobody on the boat would have hooked up. And he's now hooked up with two people, nearly three people, because Heather, for a quick second, was about to dip in that pond. And then she whoop, remember she had a boyfriend. 
So no, like, she you know, didn't dip into that pond because she got in trouble for saying a word that she's not supposed to be saying. No, she didn't dip into the pond because she remembered she had a boyfriend. But my thing is, I'm here for James's messiness because he just wants to have fun, no matter if it's a woman, a man. We need that mess. But I also need everybody else to bring their mess to the show. That's what we look for. Because right now it's not giving what I wanted it to give and I'm not liking the people I want to like. But you know what we do like all the time because the show serves and gives us the energy that we need? What? Queens, girl! Uh, Supreme is the queens when we come through. Ladies gotta do it how they want to. My body, my choice, you don't own me. I made you a queen is what you call me. The tea, the tea, my tongue, it burns. Yes, the queens was so good. The last episode of this year just happened and they did my girl so wrong they did eve very very wrong her name is brianna in the show but eve cannot go out like that she just lost her damn husband she forgave the cheating ass husband and then you killed him and now you want to go and try to kill her and make her be paraplegic and she got five kids i mean come on i'm gonna be so mad because you know how long it's been since we've gotten any content from eve and now you're gonna give us what these eight episodes to tantalize us and now you're threatening to pull her out of the screen i don't think so no 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 oh no ma'am yeah it just kept getting worse and worse but the best thing was the teenage versions of brianna naomi and jill i mean they were so good those young actresses they need some sort of recognition because they were great. Spitting hot fire all over the place. Hot fire. So I was here for that. As far as the storyline for Eve, I get it that they had to do something drastic because she is pregnant and she lives in the UK. I'm sure if she lived in the US, it would be easier to have her come back in if she wanted to continue working. But she has waited to be a mother for a very long time. So I get that she just may not come back to the show. And that's the reason why they wrote it the way they did but damn can you give this woman a break and more importantly can you give us what we want that's true but then it's like i think of her real life circumstances so i'm like okay all right and as far as brandy brandy what happened to light-skinned white dude what happened to him she don't forgot all about him as soon as her baby daddy eric got all shot up and laid up in the bed i hated that so much but the thing is i really wish that she would take a paternity test because i feel like cameron is the dad Ooh, that would be a good plot twist where she's over here thinking like oh no it's eric it's eric it's eric and then ooh, you know what would have been even better eric needed a blood transfusion right and then the daughter jojo came in to donate blood and they're like oh i'm sorry you're not a match and and he's not your daddy. You are not the <laughs> So what you're saying is you need to be writing for season two because I'm here for that. Right? That's a lot of drama and good tea. It is drama and good tea, but we finally found out who the shooter is. Jill's ex-husband. He tried to choke her, literally choke her out. I mean, in the what? chapel, girl. In the chapel. And they both uh, people of the Lord, of the church. Mm. Okay. If it wasn't for that candlestick she'd have knocked them over the head with, she would have been dead. It was the newly outed lesbian in the chapel with the candlestick. Killing her ex-husband who's a preacher. I mean, you can't write this any better. It was so good. And next season, we saw previews that Remy Ma is going to be on the show. I can't wait to see it. Ooh, this is going to be good. 
Oh, I didn't see that because, you know, I watched the next day on Hulu because ABC be playing me, not letting me watch live. Oh, my God, that's going to be so good. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yes. Remy Ma is somebody that they used to know. It looks like she's playing like a regular person. So I'm wondering how that's going to come into it. But they really had me going at the end of the episode when they had E flatlining. And I was like, I am so mad. Why kill her? But then at the very end, you got that boop, boop. Boop, boop, and I was like, "Ooh, this is good TV." Because they had me, they had me. I was very mad. And you know how normally I can figure out who done it. I appreciate a show that stumps me because I did not think it was the husband. I thought it was the crazy ex girlfriend Tina. Uh, or she's not crazy. Jill made her, you know, get a little bit too close to the edge. Or the murdering con mama, who's not Valentina's actual mama. Yeah, because Jada kids walked up in the hospital like, "Sir, you better stop having these cops after." to me i am hood if i was gonna do it nobody would know jada rolled up to him like um bird man did at the breakfast club that one time talking about you better put some respect on my name we are so excited to welcome back eric's into the combo he is a young successful video director and entrepreneur from dr He's in the building. BX stand up. Hey, Eric's Mercedes. Yeah, what up, what up, what up? First and foremost, where can the people find you? You can find me on LinkedIn. You can go to my website, ericsmercedes.com, Instagram, Twitter, Eric's Mercedes. Now, don't forget to tell the people it's Eric's with the X, okay? Yes, it's E R I X, last name like the car. For the Spanish Her- people, that would be Eric's. Mercedes. Exactly. There you go. Sally knows. So how did you get into the creative workspace? Because that's how we met as former co-workers. Facts, man. Just in terms of directing, if I take it back to the childhood, I, I just have like one simple memory. My dad taking me to the movies to watch Rambo. And then me trying to remake that movie with a brick, some toy soldiers, and a candy. Hold up, not a brick. So it's called, like, it looks like a cinder block, right? Not a brick, a cinder block. And you know, like the hole that it has in the center, sometimes it will have two. You put a piece of paper in front of that. You have your toy soldiers like in there and then you light a candle and then you do like a little shadow shot. And Wait, I was hold on, Eddie. Yeah. Was this a scene that took place for you in Dominican Republic? Because that yeah. sounds like some real Bonal shit right there. Yeah, no, 100%. This was in DR. And I'm just saying, like, that's the first memory that I have of me showing an interest in trying to be a filmmaker. I was about to say only Caribbean kids would be doing stuff like this, but it's yeah. true. Yeah. As soon as he said cinder block, I was just like, only in the Dominican Republic are you going to find a random <laughs> ass cinder block laying around for you to make create some art with it. Yeah. And then once I came to America, once my family moved out here, I think it was like in high school, my class was joking around, writing stories. And I just remember how much I enjoyed it. So after that, I was like, maybe this is like something that I would like to pursue college it was a little bit weird because i didn't know anything at all and i just kind of felt like the outcast but you know i just kind of like pushed through and then that kind of led to me having a whole bunch of editing gigs which then led me to work for oliver agency which is where i met you Tree. yes you know i'm gonna piggyback off of that in college just knowing that you have a love for a specific creative art right but not knowing what you can do with it or where it can go i definitely felt that way too so i feel you on that 
But what led you to where you are now? To where I am today, I would say like I wanted to make movies, but at the time editing was paying the bills. So I was getting a whole bunch of editing gigs. I got to edit stuff from ESPN, stuff for Netflix. After I was done editing that, Oliver Agency, they needed an editor. So I got into a contract with them. But now I felt like I didn't have the time to become a director. With this pandemic, it kind of like gave me so much time back. Now I'm writing and now I'm actually pursuing my dreams. We love to hear that. And that's very similar to the story behind the podcast. You know, like true Caribbean people, me and Treve are always out here hustling, always working on three, four, 900 projects at the same time. And we've always wanted to talk about doing this podcast. We just didn't have the time. And the pandemic, we were forced to sit down and stay in one spot. And we were just like, if we don't do this now, we're never going to do it. I remember before the pandemic, Treve was saying like, oh, yeah, you know, I want to do a podcast. And I'm like, do it. Like, what's stopping you? Oh, I don't know. You know, people in general, they just have like these little excuses in the back of their mind already. But like you said, the pandemic just provided a lot of time for people. And I'm so glad that I get to be a guest on your podcast. Because like literally two years ago, you mentioned it and now it's here. Now it's real. You are so right. Because I forget the times where I mentioned it to people, but then you want to back it up. So I'm glad that now I can show you it happened. Yeah, you know, we're out here backing it up and doing all the things. But speaking of being a true POC and a hustler out here, you clearly wear many hats and you've been venturing into many directorial roles. What has that process been like for you in venturing into that space? I would say mentally it's tough, but when I'm done doing something, it's very, very satisfying. So just to prepare myself to write the next thing, right? So when the pandemic started, Um, I had nothing to show. You know, I kind of told people like, yes, I'm a director. And they're like, all right, let me see your stuff. And all I had was the stuff that I edited. So I made two commercial specs. One is called Thank You Big Brother that got a whole bunch of awards and film festivals. And it just got accepted to the New Jersey Film Festival that's going to be airing next year. Wait, Um, you know what? Can we take a second to clap it up for that award (laughs) director up in here? Nah, thank you. And that was amazing because I was like, that was my first piece. And I was just like, I don't want to do a film. Let me just do some a commercial since I do work for an agency and I do a lot of work with ads. So I did that one. Then I did a Terramana spec, which is for like a liquor brand that also got accepted to a bunch of film festivals. Somehow I landed a gig with Fresh Meal Plan. So that was like my first paid commercial gig. It's still going on. And that social media ad is going to be coming out at the end of this month. Oh, okay. So we can't wait to see it, but um, will you throw us some fresh meals our way? Uh, there's a, like a forty dollars off your first meals promotion going on. Like I don't work for them, but I- I'll he's, try to. Yeah. So basically, he's saying, <laughs> he said you're gonna have to pay like everybody else. Right. He said I mean, we're gonna do the friends and family discount. Yeah, I gotta pay, pay full everybody. price. I gotta pay like everybody else. So that's like you know. That's what okay. Well, I wouldn't be me if I didn't ask, but I'm yeah. just saying. Uh, and the other one is for a taxi company in the Heights. It's called First Class Limo Service. They actually just hired me to direct their commercial as well. Oh, you know, mm-hmm. I always like to travel in style, especially when I'm down in New York City. I'm trying to, like, enjoy the holidays and not have to worry about parking and all that. Can uh, we get a little discount on that? 
Again, I don't work for them. <laughs> so basically, we have to pay for whatever you're doing. But you know what? That's how you make the money. That's how you make them coins. But as you mentioned, you were able to get a lot of time back in COVID so you can dive into creative spaces. And you also started your own clothing line. So tell us about that and how it helps you give back to the community. Yes. So there was a time that I worked with like nonprofits and it was kind of like teaching kids film and video. But I also wanted to like dive a little bit into designing. I mean, I'm not a fashion designer at all, but I figured let me start out with some T-shirts, just some graphic tees. And I figured let me do something that's full of culture, that's Dominican slang that my people will understand. And I can take some of that profit and donate it back to the Dominican Republic and help kids over there get fed or get supplies for school and stuff like that. That sounds amazing. But tell us what the brand is called. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> uh, it's called M2 Clothing. You can check it out as well on Instagram. And you can go on the website, m2clothing.com. And you can go on Instagram, m2clothing underscore R-D. Yeah, so that is E-M, the number two, clothing. They got some really good stuff. I'm about to buy up a few things. I got my eye on uh, several pieces over there because, you know, I'm up here in these academic spaces and I have to represent for the Dominicans and the brown folk and the black people and everybody in between. See, but like now I'm upset that this is the one that I can give you a discount, but y'all didn't ask Oh, we just stopped asking because we assumed you was going to say no. This is the one thing that I can control with you this kind of. Well, me and Trevor, when it comes to supporting like the businesses of the friends, we believe in paying full price because we like to support for real, for real. Exactly. This is the part that we don't want the discount on because mm-hmm. we're going to pay full price. And we will definitely be getting some shirts from you. Hopefully some, it be young people shirts with a little twist. So we'll come back for the audience on that. But maybe can, we do a special. Maybe we do a little, you know, team up and do something like that. Yes, we definitely need to do that. Also, can you expand on the importance that nonprofits hold for you in your work? Chef for Life is ran by an amazing POC woman named Janine Salisbury. Basically, when I moved back to New York, I wasn't getting any work at all. And she decided to hire me as a facilitator. The main goal was to kind of go to like to cornerstones around New York City and try to get kids interested in arts, right? Mine happened to be film and media. And what we would do is we go to these cornerstones. For those of you that don't know what cornerstones are, it's not PC to say the projects, but it is the project. So we'll go in there and we'll offer the kids free pizza to come to our class. And we give them an introduction to film and media. Those that end up staying, you know, they get an extensive workshop, very hands on. And it's very fulfilling. Obviously, it was it was a job for me, but it's very fulfilling because sometimes these kids, they just don't have anything to eat. The parents are just constantly working and they're at home. And instead of being out in the streets, you know, we get a chance to kind of like bring them into a classroom, give them a safe space and just give them something that they can work on and learn on. Really like that. And, you know, Sally and I, we met back in high school at a creative school. So just having that when you're younger, something to focus on, and then you being the person to teach them, that's amazing. And the fact that, you know, Sally and I, we also are professors, so we give back to the youth, and it's just all full circle. I feel like we all in the same dynamic here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that also kind of led me to be part of a program called Urban Ambassadors, and that was also kind of like the same thing. We were meeting with, for example, high school students that were like 10th and 11th grade. 
the entire program was to prep them for college. But as they prepped for college, you know, it's like, hey, you want something fun to do? Let me teach you how to work this camera. Sometimes if we didn't have cameras, I'll kind of teach them how to use their phones to kind of like better their artistic vision. I love this because not only are you giving back to the community, it's also expanding beyond what we typically think, what are the spaces that will allow us, you know? I love being able to show the different creative avenues, the different talents, the different spaces that we can hold and that we're not limited to what we've traditionally been told to do. It's like when you grow up, they tell us, oh, go to school so you could be a doctor or a lawyer, but no one ever says, hey, hey, go to school so that you can be a photographer, so that you can be a videographer, a cinematographer, an artist, and really hone in that part of yourself, that part of your identity. Representation is so important. Like me and Tree talk about this all the time because when we think about it growing up, we didn't see a whole lot of people that looked like us doing the things that we wanted to do. So we had to make that space. We had to create that identity. With that being said, like it's obvious that who you are, your identity, being Dominican, being a black man in this society has obviously contributed to a lot of what you do. So how has that played into your journey where you are now? Has it in any way, shape or form been difficult at all for you? You know, being a person of color, we do have a lot of insecurities. And sometimes we see certain things from a perspective of like, well, maybe this is happening to me because I am a person of color. Right. Mm -hmm. But I would say me being the age that I am now, being as wise as I am now, I kind of looked back and I'm like, I don't remember any time where someone was just not able to help me out. Like I always try to build a relationship with my bosses, my colleagues and stuff like that. And I let them know straight up, like, I need help, please. Can you help me get to the next level? And so far, every person that I've worked with, that's a manager, that's been a supervisor, I can say that they definitely helped me get to that next level, even even when I was in retail, right? And that's another story because I, I think this guy would be a good guest for y'all too. Uh, his name is Octavio Aguilar, and he's on Sheer Genius right now. So he's like blowing up. But at the time, a couple of years ago, he was my manager at the Levi store in South Beach. And we used to talk about moments like this where he's like, yo, I want to be this big fashion person and I want to design clothes. And now he's doing stuff for like Janet Jackson. And I'm like, well, I'm not at that level, but hey, I'm doing commercials now, you know, <laughs> like... So, but he, he's somebody that definitely kind of like gave me a helping hand. Daniel gave me a helping hand as well. Powerful women, like I would say Roxanne and Paula as well. I guess I've just been blessed. I think that is lovely because I did not have the same experience, but I love that you knew where you wanted to go and you weren't shy to ask for help and that those people were willing to give more than a helping hand. They were like, you want to go here? Fine, let's do this and help you get on your track. So far, everyone that I've run into, they've been able to help me out. I've been able to build good relationships with them to the point that even as I stopped working for that company or that person, we still communicate and still keep in contact. That's what I think is so great because it's a part of your journey. But I also think it's a great testament to your character, you know, that people are like, I see something in you. I want to help you get to where you're going. And even though we're not working together anymore, I'll help you get there. What about you, Sally? In terms of being a POC in these predominantly white spaces. Yeah. So for a long time, I also fell into that trap referring to myself as diversity hire, or I'm here because they just needed the brown face to go with the platform that they're trying to depict. 
I have a very strong circle, no matter what changes we've had in our lives. They always keep me grounded. They're there to remind me, yes, you offer identity where identity is required, but don't get it twisted. You also come with all the things. Not too long ago, I was going through my first bout of salary negotiations because I've just been working thousands of part-time jobs at the same time. I never had to negotiate for a full-time position before. I reached out to my girls. I go, I don't know what to ask for. I don't know what's fair or if I'm even deserving of all of these things. It's really easy to have that imposter syndrome. But because I've been blessed to have people along my side, in addition to my family, knowing that I have that support system has definitely been one of the things that has helped me move forward. I deserve to be where I am because I've been hustling. I've been scrapping. Yes. I think the most important thing you said is you now know that you deserve to be in those spaces. This girl went straight from undergrad to master's to a PhD program that you are soon to be finishing. We will always tell you, stop making it seem like you had to ask them to be in this space. You deserve it. And now you got a podcast too. All the things. Another (laughs) win. Claps and hats off to that. Where's DJ Khaled? And another one. Another one. But Eric's, in addition to all of these great things that you have going on and projects, you recently added a whole new role into your life and you've happily embraced fatherhood. Claps for that. Thank you. Um, Thank you. you. How does your family life impact the kind of work you do today? I mean, I wake up every day with a smile on my face. I want to work harder for myself and my family. It was tough. For my wife and I to have a baby, we had to go the uh, IVF route. And we've been trying for years. Again, the pandemic happened and it was like the stars aligned and this baby is finally here. But seeing him every day is like how happy he is. I'm just like, I'm never angry anymore. I'm never upset. You know, but they don't keep on it pila. I got to make this thing happen now so that I can show a good example for him, you know, so that when he gets older, he can see like, yo, pops and moms, they did their thing. Wait a minute, Sally. So that's all we need. We just need a kid to not be angry no more. I'm on it. I'm, oh! I'm, about, to go, I'm about to go get one. <laughs> I mean, is this, is this have a good baby. Yeah, I would say... <laughs> It's definitely a different experience for other people because my cousin also had a baby. Friends of the family also had a baby. I would say my baby's a little bit different, not because he's mine, but he's so calm. He's so happy. He's always smiling. I mean, he was even smiling when he was in the belly. Already posing, finding his light. But yeah, nah, he's definitely, not to sound cliche, but it's like newfound love. You know what I mean? You know how they say that like when you become a parent, you pay for all the things that you did to your parents as a child? Well, I was good to my mom and I'm still good to her. So yes, looking back on my trajectory from uh, childhood to adolescence, (laughs) I'm I'm good with my dog. I don't need that kind of karma in my life. (laughs) Okay, we see what kind of child Sally was. But Eric's no, we definitely get it. We have some really close friends that also had kids within the past year or two. And it really just changes you especially if it's your first child so we are so happy that you and your wife were blessed with a beautiful baby boy you recently worked on a few ads focusing on fathers can you share with us what that experience was like for you so that experience was amazing you know obviously now being a dad i was like hey i wanted to market a liquor brand but i wanted to do it in a vulnerable way so that we can pay tribute to the men that helped raise us So I reached out to a friend to see if he had any nice stories. He ended up telling me that his father passed away at an early age, but then that his mentor kind of like came in 
and became that father figure in his life. So I was like, why am I searching for another one? Like, you're my story. He became the main subject. It was beautiful. It was touching. And what we did was we actually surprised his mentor with the video. So he thought it was for like something else. And when he saw the end piece and he saw that it was like a thank you to him, he was very touched by it. It kind of like made me be grateful that I have my kid now and kind of got like a good head in my shoulders. I'm sure my friend went through a lot, but when this person stepped in into his life, it's kind of like it didn't miss a beat. Now he's in a good place as well. That is so amazing. And we're so incredibly happy that you've been able to share in your journey with us, telling us what it's been like to get here. But before we let you go, mm-hmm. we definitely wanted to get into a discussion with you on the challenge because yes. Tariva told me that you definitely are like us and you watch just as religiously as we do. And we have to get into some of the mess this season. Yo, we, I am a challenge head. Every season, I just dream about being in the challenge sometimes. Um, we, bo- we both do too. Like yeah. some days we will be in the challenge. Yeah, we're always watching like some of the eliminations and some of the daily challenges. And I'm sitting there like, 100 pounds, that's all you got to lift, girl. I got that. In terms of the mess, I would say, yo, Tori kind of like messed up a little bit at the end there. You know what I mean? I'm like, they have messed up with Devin, but Devin is being unreasonable. Why do you think that other people should sacrifice their spot to be in an alliance with you to help you win some money? That's not like a whole lot of white male privilege mess to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love Devin. I think he's funny, but like he's it's gotten to his head. Look, Devin is not my favorite character, but I would say, though, since he was really good friends with Tori, you know, this new guy came in, they're having a relationship and she chose the guy over Devin. The thing is, Tori, you know, and I'm not trying to shame her for it, but these guys that come in and out of her life don't seem like they're that more important than the friendship because a couple of weeks ago she was with another rookie. She did Devin wrong. You know what I mean? I just feel like I hear you. But are we surprised that Tori is a flip flopper? Mm-hmm. Whoever she can get with, like she's having fun. She's fresh out of a engagement. But and I get that she's wrong. I completely get that she's wrong for rooting for Emmanuel over Devin. Back. But Devin has a big head in general, not just with Tori, but with everyone. He, he needs to calm it down. He does. He does. What I'm saying is choosing the new dude that you just met over, you know, long year friendship. I was like, damn, I kind of fell for Devin. Yeah, that shows you that she ain't shit. I also wasn't here for the way that she was spoon feeding him the answer. I was just like, girl. It's like, yo, do you want your friend to win? Like you just met him. You know what I mean? And also... Tori can't count. Why are you trying to be with a man who with someone else who can't count? Like y'all both can't count together. You need to pick a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> that too. But the finals have started and we see CT just taking over as usual per usual. I don't know why the others are there. Like, why are the others there? Why try? Like, why even, why even bother? Yeah, I mean, this guy is like the LeBron James. It's like he gets older and he just gets better and better at the challenge. You know, like even when he had his dad bod, he was out here winning. But now he's back to being like young CT and it's like, ah, there's no way. He's the one person that no matter his age, I feel like he should stay in the actual challenge. 
But in All Stars, have you been watching All Stars? I'm not. I mean, like I said, I'm trying to get that Paramount Plus, but I'm not. Oh, busy. we gonna hook you up with the Paramount. <laughs> we got you. We got you. I'll send you that Paramount Plus right after this interview because you have to watch All Stars. I think it's really good to see and just to see all the old faces from back in the day, and that's really where they belong. Like Anissa, Anissa was on season one. She belongs there, but <laughs> CT, CT is the one person that no, it doesn't matter how old you get you are taking the money from these kids i feel like I think you're right about anisa that's where she belongs but i also feel like nani should start making her way over there as well oh definitely you know what i mean it's like nani you kind of had your run over here you know sally are you still claiming nani i will never ever claim her where they don't they i stop claiming nani i was like oh. no no there was one and honestly i have forgotten she was dominican i'm not even gonna hold you and then there was one episode where she brought it up and i go ah damn why you gotta remind the people come on don't associate me with that mess and you have to realize we have not had that very many dominicans on the show to begin with i know i know and then it's like that's what we get Uh, you know very uh, true interested to see how it all ends and also what they're going to do for next season because i did like that they brought a lot of people from different countries but i didn't like that nobody had to prove themselves to make it to the final like i like when you had to compete and win an elimination to go to the final the skulls absolutely 100 percent. i felt like if you want to be in the final you gotta go you gotta go down there you need to earn it. Too many people skated this season and they threw all the rookies under the bus. And I'm like, how did the rookies allow this to happen? Makes no sense. And, and how did good. Emmanuel make it all so far in the game without having to go into an elimination until right before the final? Because and he, he hooked pol- up he, with the right people. Politicking. Yeah, he was politicking around. <laughs> Not politicking. <laughs> I mean, that's what got that's what got him. I mean, obviously he got eliminated at the end, but you know You are totally right about that, Eric. That's exactly what he did. <laughs> So he was trying to help him out. You know what I mean? Being a Leroy fan, because I'm a Leroy fan, is like being a Knicks fan. It's like, yo. You ain't never lied. That is a perfect comparison. You ain't never lied. Trevor can't relate because she doesn't, she gave up on New York teams. Yo, listen, I stayed cheering for homie. And it was like, when he was so close, he called it quits. And I'm like, I really hope that he changes his mind and comes back because, you know, that. I don't know. I mean, at least I hope Cam comes back because she's. Oh, she will come back. This season would have been so fire if Cam was there. Cam is such a queen. She's such a beast. And I love everything about her. To me, she plays a huge role into why Leroy even made it to the finals. A hundred percent. She had her man's back. The only way I see Leroy coming back is if he goes to all stars because he actually has a chance at winning. Yeah, man. Yeah, he does. He did so good. I mean, I think he can still run with the young cats, though. I think he can, but I feel like it's less about the young people. I feel like with the older crowd, yes, he'd be more physically fit. But with the younger crowd, somehow if Cam's not there, he doesn't have the numbers on his side because 
he does have really great friends in the game, like him and CT and some of the old heads. They're all really great friends, just not in the actual game. It's yeah. so weird. Leroy has been out here popcorn muscling. That's yeah. what me and Treva call someone who look really good, like they're really athletic. And then the that muscles part. don't be doing nothing because like popcorn, it's nice to look at, but it's got no nutritional value. Problem is that he didn't care about being the best until last season. He was willing to put bananas in front of him. He was willing to put CT. But are you sure? Uh, I mean, at least that's how I feel like looking at it because he was good at certain things but he just never what was, name he, what was he good at name one thing name one thing all right so you there know that you go no 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 i'm about to find <laughs> out right now anything that had to do with core strength leroy had it so i don't know if you remember where he had to be in the pole and he was tied with a rope like you couldn't use your hands and feet it was all like core muscle that's like today in challenge history they're gonna bring up that clip okay somehow i don't remember that but i, I do not recall but we can't wait to see how the final wraps up but before you go eric tell us if you have any other future plans to let the, it be your own people audience know about Yes, yes. So a couple of things before I tell you, I do want to leave uh, your listeners with a couple of gems, right? So anybody that wants to, whatever they want to do, and they want to take an online certification course, go to digitaldefine.com. They have a whole bunch of college courses for free. If you want to do design, if you want to, like whatever it is, you want to get certified, not everybody knows about this, but check it out. They have over 65,000 free certification courses. As far as me doing anything new, I am writing. My goal for next year is to do my first short film that I'm hoping to turn into a pilot. And it's going to be a representation of not just POC, but also the culture and also the Bronx. Laps all around for that. I can't wait to see that come to fruition and feature it on Good Watches on the show. Like, I really hope it gets up on there, like on Netflix or Amazon Prime or something. Like, I'm aiming big with this. Listen, as we already mentioned in the episode, if you wish it, you can will it. It will happen. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. Where can the people find you? Professional LinkedIn, ericsmercedes.com, Twitter, Instagram, ericsmercedes. Just Google Eric's with the X. Don't forget. Thank you so much for stopping by. DR was in the building today. Straight up Espanola this episode. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, Ladies, I cannot thank you enough. I think what you're doing is awesome. Love the podcast. Love being a guest. I can't wait to see this thing grow even more. Amen. Amen. If you want to hit us up to say hey or let us know about any It Be Your Own People moments, send us an email at ibyoppodcast at gmail.com. Hey, y'all. Don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Podcast. And that's all we have for you today on It Be Your Own People. Stay woke, stay alert, and tune in next time.